is the Ontario Family Law Podcast, dealing with issues related to marriage, separation, divorce, and even some child welfare issues. It is a companion to the book, The Guide to the Basics of Ontario Family Law, which is available on Amazon or by calling 416-446-5847. My name is John Schumann. I am a family lawyer, mediator, arbitrator, and collaborative lawyer, and I head up the Family Law Group at Devery Smith Frank, LLP. Today on the podcast, divorce. What does it mean and how do you get one? You may have heard lots of people talk about getting a divorce, and when they talk about getting divorced, they talk about all kinds of issues, such as custody and access, support, or property division. They talk about those things as if they are part of the divorce. Actually, divorce is a separate issue. All a divorce is is an order that says that two married people are no longer married, and as a consequence that they are free to remarry. Because a divorce order says that two people are no longer married, people who have never been married cannot get a divorce. Parties who are married often get their divorce together with the final resolution of all the other issues between them. The divorce order then contains terms such as who has custody and how much support is paid and how the property is divided. However, it is not necessary to have all that incorporated into one court order. It is also important to know that while in Ontario there are two levels of court, the Ontario Court of Justice and the Ontario Superior Court of Justice, that deal with family law matters, only the Ontario Superior Court of Justice can grant a divorce. In Ontario, not everyone can get divorced just because they want to. There are certain criteria that people must meet in order to get a divorce. First, the Ontario Superior Court of Justice must have jurisdiction to grant the divorce. Second, the parties must have established one of the three grounds for divorce. Court cannot grant a divorce unless the grounds have been proven. Third, there are certain criteria that parties must meet and certain barriers to divorce that they must not contravene. To address the issue of jurisdiction first, in order for spouses to be divorced in Ontario, one of them must have lived in Ontario for at least one year before the divorce is granted. Most court offices reject an application for divorce unless the application clearly states that one of the parties has lived in Ontario for one year prior to them going to court and asking for the divorce. If neither of the parties have lived in Ontario for one year, then one of the parties must go to the jurisdiction where they have lived for a year and ask for a divorce there. Where the parties were married does not matter in terms of which court has jurisdiction to grant the divorce. An Ontario Superior Court will grant a divorce no matter where the parties were married as long as they can prove through either providing the documentation from the country that married them or through some other form of evidence that they were actually married in the first place. The second thing that the person seeking a divorce must establish is that there are grounds on which this court can grant the divorce. The Ontario Superior Court of Justice can grant a divorce based on one of only three grounds. Those grounds are the following. One, the parties have lived separate and apart for at least one year, and there is no reasonable prospect that they will resume cohabitation. You cannot get a divorce until you have lived separate and apart for one year, unless you meet one of the two other grounds. The second ground is one or both parties have committed adultery, and the third ground is that one party has treated the other party so cruelly as to make continued cohabitation impossible. In Ontario, almost everyone gets divorced on the grounds that he or she has been separated from his or her spouse for a period of at least one year. 
to obtain a divorce on either of the other grounds, a spouse must admit, in court, that he or she has committed adultery, or that he or she has acted so cruelly that continued cohabitation is not possible. There can be serious difficulties with obtaining a divorce on either the grounds of adultery or cruelty. For adultery, the person asking for the divorce not only has to name their spouse as a respondent, but also the person with whom their spouse committed adultery. That third party must also admit to the adultery, so that the court can make a finding that the adultery happened. Some people view adultery as a dishonest act, and so the court finding that a person committed adultery with someone else can be viewed as a negative consequence. Similarly, to get divorced on the grounds of cruelty, a spouse has to admit that they acted in that cruel manner. The level of cruelty that is required to get a divorce on that grounds is very similar to the level of cruelty that gives rise to criminal charges. A person could be convicted of a criminal offense based on what they admitted in family court in order to get their divorce. As a result, the spouse responding to the divorce almost never admits to adultery or to committing the cruel act. Without that admission, the fact of the cruelty or the fact of the adultery must be proven to the court at a trial. It is rare that a family matter can get to trial in less than a year. There are several steps that have to happen first before the trial. So by the time the parties get to the trial, they've already been separated for a year and it is not necessary to proceed on the grounds of adultery or cruelty. Also consider that trials in family court are very expensive. So by the time you get there, if you can get a divorce on the basis of separation for a year, which is easy to prove and gives you an automatic divorce, most parties, in fact almost everyone, proceeds that way. Once a spouse has established a ground for divorce, there are very few other requirements that that spouse has to meet in order to get the divorce. Those requirements are as follows. The spouse must show that there has been adequate provision in place for the financial support of any children of the marriage. The second requirement is that all religious barriers to remarriage that are within that spouse's control have to be removed. A spouse cannot get divorced while keeping their partner from getting a get or another form of religious divorce. A third consideration is that one spouse or the other must not be unfairly prejudiced by the fact of the divorce. That prejudice is usually, but not always, related to employment benefit plans. Most benefit plans say that a married spouse is entitled to benefits under their spouse's benefits plan from work. Once there is a divorce, the employed spouse still gets the benefits, but their former spouse, the one from whom they have just been divorced, is no longer entitled to those benefits. If that former spouse has medical needs and cannot afford to pay for the medication because they no longer have a benefits plan, that may be a prejudice that the court takes into consideration about whether or not to grant a divorce. This is not a barrier to divorce, however, because a court can order support or grant some other remedy to ensure that that spouse who needs the medication or whatever else the need is after this divorce is granted. The final thing that a court must be satisfied about in order to grant a divorce is that the spouses are getting divorced for legitimate reasons and not obtaining the divorce to perpetrate a fraud on somebody else. Of these additional requirements, the one that most often causes judges to refuse a divorce is that there's not adequate provision for the support of the children of the marriage. Judges expect that parents will pay child support in accordance with the child support guidelines. If that is not happening 
and unless there's a really good reason why it is not happening, the judge will refuse to grant the divorce. If two spouses want to get divorced, but they don't want to fight over the other issues, they still have to go to court, but they don't actually have to go to court before a judge. A judge can decide about whether or not to grant a divorce in chambers. And what that means is that the judge makes a decision on the divorce based on paperwork that one or both spouses have filed at the court office. Neither party has to go into the court other than to file those documents. Where the spouses are not fighting over whether or not a divorce should be granted or about any other issues such as custody or support, it is called an uncontested divorce. This is the simplest way to get a divorce in Ontario. It usually takes about three months from the time the proper forms are submitted until the judge can look them over and grant the divorce. The judge will not look over the divorce documents unless the other spouse, the one who's not asking for the divorce, has been properly served and be given a month to oppose the divorce. After a judge makes the divorce order, there's a 31-day waiting period before the divorce takes effect and the parties can remarry. This additional time is to allow the opportunity for one of the spouses to appeal the divorce. It may be possible to get a divorce process more quickly after the parties have been separated for more than a year if there are special circumstances. Courts are often very particular about how the divorce forms are filled out, so the easiest way to get a divorce of any type is to talk to a lawyer and make sure the paperwork is done correctly. Thanks for listening. My name is John Schumann. I'm a family lawyer at Debrie Smith Frank, LLP. You can reach me at www.debrylaw.ca, that's D-E-V-R-Y-L-A-W.ca, or by calling 416-446-5847. We'll talk again soon.